Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Shift. Des here. Very excited about today's episode. Just going to get right to it. Uh, this episode, uh, myself and Katie chatted to Dr. Matthew Shulman, who's a board-certified plastic surgeon here in New York City. And he's a guy I know uh, from playing golf, actually. And he kindly agreed to do the podcast. Uh, he's fantastic social media following. He's really taken uh, the promotion of plastic surgery into the social media era. Um, we chatted about the various different types of surgeries that there are, the changes in the industry, uh, you know, whether it's positive or negative, that it's become more popular, body image issues and how it drives people's, uh, you know, uh, drives people's desire to have work done. Also, uh, the, the diminishing stigma around plastic surgery, why there was a stigma, very interesting conversation. Uh, really great guy. Uh, I'll chat to you after the episode. Stay tuned. So, Dr. Shulman, how are you? I'm good. I this think. Is, I think. Is, I'm nervous. This is Katie. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. For, for the listener, Dr. Shulman is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. From We golf together. We do. We do. So, I, 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 first of all, this is a favor to me. Uh, and I appreciate that because you're a very successful plastic surgeon. And you don't need to be wasting your time on the likes of us with our shitties. Well, it's my pleasure. But you came to me, so you made it really easy. I was here anyway. You know, might as well hang no, out with no, you No, I mean, listen, it's fantastic. I mean, I'm really interested in the, in, in the subject. I find your Instagram uh, stories fascinating. In fact, I, I, always, I had, a, I had a, you know, a, a small amount of you know, interest in plastic surgery before following you on Instagram. But you have... You and, and Nikki Glazer, funnily enough, uh, she was the first person to turn me on to uh, plastic surgeons on Instagram. And when she first told me about it, I had a brief glimpse. But then when I got to know you, I watch a lot of your stories. All right, cool. It's pretty fascinating. Now, Katie, I forgot to tell Katie to watch your stories. Yeah, I didn't know your name, but so, I will from now on. I'm like, excited. Who, who, Katie's like, who is this guy again? No, no, but, what, but I, I'm, I'm annoyed at myself for not sort of introducing her to, to the world that you're putting out there well if it because, makes you feel any better i've never heard your podcast oh which is great which so, is great so then you can't that's have why any I'm judgments nervous. that's why i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> except no. i did i before you came in for full disclosure i did flip through because i'm like i should do my research and i saw like anal i saw butt play <laughs> i saw butt play and i was like ooh, now i'm really nervous no it's it's it's, it's very much a, it's a sex positive podcast but when, when you see something that says anal it, it, it's uh 
it's it's basically about the existence of that and telling people about it and it's a discussion about it it's not none of our podcast is not like trying to be shocking or yeah there was no actual anal during the yeah, podcast it's 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 very much like a sex pod, sex educational podcast when it's talking about sex and then sometimes about dating and then in more recent times we've gotten into a lot of mental health stuff but it's i think our listenership is largely female and i think they will be fascinated to get a bit of an insight yeah, into I mean, the world I think, of i think sex and mental health goes Perfect, perfectly with plastic surgery. Right. Yeah. yeah no. Honestly, you're you're it's a very good, good fit for the podcast. Don't worry about that. You right. you you can you can let the nerves go. No, hundred percent. Because body image, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The body image is really huge. Yeah. I mean, that 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 must be driving a huge boom in your industry, right? Well, it's it's a com- I mean, body image issues have always been there, right? Like, yes. so that's nothing new. But I think what's new is the the people are more accepting of plastic surgery. There's no more stigma, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's a there's a million reasons and we'll probably get into it, but I think reality television, I think the internet, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I think the Kardashians, I think these are the things that have have made people uh, more open to plastic surgery and then you combine that with, you know, millennials who are just more open to things in general. Um, I think that's what's caused a real boom in, in plastic surgery. And I do want to get into that. But just before we do... That was a tease. That was a tease. That was a tease. No, 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 no. That's great. But what what was it? So did you always want to be a doctor first and foremost? Like what, what was your sort of move to plastic surgery? Well, I've always wanted... I always wanted to be a doctor. So that was sort of just one of those things. Like um, from, from childhood, like I'm going to be a doctor? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, you know, your typical baseball player, race car driver, astronaut, yeah. doctor, right? Like that's... It's on the list. But at some point, you know, when I... In high school, when you go to college, then, you know, in... You know, you have to you have to have a pretty good idea of what you want to do. But, you know, for U.S. colleges, if you want to go to medical school, you have to sort of pick a college that will gear you towards the medical school. So it's, it really does take a lot of planning. Because yeah. because if you think about it, you know, what I had to do was four years of college, four years of medical school, and then it was a six-year residency program after medical school. So Before, you're in the 12-year commitment, basically, I mean, for yeah, your career. I mean, yeah, 14, 14. Oh, yeah, 14 so, years. So I was in... 26th grade <laughs> so it takes so I always knew I wanted to be a doctor and then I when I was in in medical school I also knew I wanted to be a surgeon you know because it's just the type of thing you either want to be a surgeon or a non-surgeon that's kind of like the normal yes. thinking you know some people are just into the blood and guts and some people aren't so I wanted to be a surgeon and it wasn't until the end of medical school that I got exposed to plastic surgery and I was like wow this is pretty cool because it's not cookbook surgery you know when you're a general surgeon you're taking out gallbladders or you're you know you're taking out an appendix it's very much like a cookbook you know follow the instructions you know cut here clamp this tie this and you're done whereas plastic surgery has a much more artistic aspect to it where yes i do you know you know breast implants and tummy tucks and you know brazilian butt lifts but every single case is different, and you don't know exactly what you're going to do till you're actually doing it. So that's it's a very unique field. And were you like the typical sort of cliche of, I got into plastics because I wanted to help burn victims to get their life back, and then found yourself in the cosmetics world, or... Yeah, pr- pretty much. Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like that's the thing. Like I was like, you know, I, originally I was working in the, the trauma. But unit. remember, co- you know, cosmetics really is a thing over the past I don't know five, ten years. You know, I went to I applied to medical school in 
I mean, I went to medical school in 1996. So it was kind of before that. So at the time, I kind of always liked the cosmetic aspect of it. But you kind of have to say what they want to hear. Like, you know, when you're interviewing. Oh, right. You have to pretend that you're. Yeah. or you. That's like to say you went to Mount Sinai. Is that right? Correct. For your residency? Correct. So when you did that round of of interviews, do you have to make it seem like your, your mission is. To save the world, pretty much. I mean, I'm, I yeah. don't want to no, be no, too no, cynical. You're, but. No, no, you're, you're, it's true. I mean, you can say that you have an interest in cosmetics, but the truth is, if you're you're doing training at an academic institution, you know, those are the places that have the best training programs. You know, they're doing the most research. They have the most research money. They have labs. They have they have professors that have published academic papers. You know, so you go in there and you know, and say, oh, I want to do you know tits and ass. Like it doesn't really go over well. <laughs> yes. So you kind of have to you know, get into that. And the truth is that when you go through plastic surgery, the training, we do all that stuff. So I did hand surgery and burn reconstruction and, you know, reconstruction after breast cancer. I've done all that and I've been trained in all that. So then you get to figure out exactly what part of it you like the 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 most. Yeah. And then you can, you know, a lot of the times it requires an additional training really? period afterwards. Yeah, some people go on to do a fellowship in whatever they're interested in after their six-year residency program. It can... But you, you didn't know, do that? I didn't. I just, uh, you know... Did I you ne- immediately go into, like, private practice? Yeah, I did. I stayed in the city and just kind of kind of hung up a shingle and, and, you know, people say to me, like, how how could how do you do that? You just... You know what? You just do it. And it's like with well, anything... I think it helps to go for 88th between Park and Madison. <laughs> but I did start out... I You know, I actually started out... In, I started out in a couple different places. But, yeah, I mean, it's... But remember, New York is... I mean... This is where the big boys are and big girls. Have to oh, be. so very competitive. It's very competitive, but there's lots of people. So there's no starving plastic surgeons in Manhattan, right? Because yeah, sure. there's tons of people that are interested in having procedures done. But, you know, you come in and, you know, that's part of why I grew this. Because it has some gray in it. And I needed to look a little older. How old are you? I am 45. Almost, 45. 40, almost 46. But so I certainly look a little younger and and patients come in and they expect you know they expect you know the guy with the gray hair to come in because that gives them the impression of more experience which but you're quite established now i'm sure that's less of a fear right yeah oh, now it's now it's less of an issue but when i was starting out i mean listen i had some lean years you know it's sure. you you know you you but you just got to fight through it because you if that's what you want to do, if that's this aspect of plastic surgery that you want to practice, you just got to battle through it and, you know, eventually you'll get there. So uh, what is cosmetic surgery? So you just do very, uh, like, appearance, right? You don't, like, a burn victim doesn't come in here. I'm being really stupid. I know that. No, but. no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good to go back to basics. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, cause, so plastic surgery um, is officially called plastic and reconstructive surgery, Um and within that, you kind of have the cosmetic stuff. So you don't like the way they look. You look, you know, you want a facelift. You want your breasts bigger. You want some liposuction. That's cosmetic. So purely elective to make you look better. Okay. Um, versus the reconstructive, which might be like, you know, reconstructing things after an accident, after cancer operations, burns. We actually are also responsible for hand surgery. So, so plastic surgeons are they can be hand surgeons. So specializing in. So you don't you know, do like, any like of that? Not anymore, like not anymore, but I'm trained in everything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I sewed on plenty of fingers under the microscope in my day. Wow. Yeah. So that's included in that? Yes. That's amazing. It's like a buffet. And what year did you actually start private practice? 
so I finished my training in 2006. So we're at uh, 13, 13 years now, 12, 13 years. And what was the, what did you think when you started was going to be the, the big money earner? Or let, 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 what did you think was going to have you busy? You know, when I, when I got done, one of the things that I, was, I did a lot of, and I still do a lot of it, is I do a lot of body contouring after massive weight loss. That was a big thing. You know, I trained at Mount Sinai, and Mount Sinai is one of the largest bariatric surgery centers in the world. So bariatric, is, bariatric surgery would be weight loss surgery. So um, gastric bypass, lap bands, surgeries to make people lose weight. Mm-hmm. So, like Al Roker had, dramatic, dramatic weight correct. loss. Correct. So these are people that lose massive amounts of weight, over 100 pounds, sometimes 200 pounds, and they lose it really quickly because it's surgically induced. So they can lose all that weight within a year. So what happens is, as you might imagine, is they just deflate. Their skin just you know, sags like letting the air out of a balloon. Yeah. So they come in and they want their skin removed because the skin is sort of keeping them from – realizing the full effect yeah of they're losing. not realizing the achievement because the skin is still there so that was a really big thing and and those are really physical demanding surgeries on the surgeon you know oh, really? it takes you know it's a lot of work it's many hours in the operating room a lot of sewing a lot of lifting so it's was sort of a they were procedures for young surgeons um why because they young surgeons have the stamina or young surgeons have the 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 bravado to like what is it what is it about young i think it you know at least in new york and a lot of this is regional what what i find is in new york as a plastic surgeon gets older and more established they tend to kind of work up higher on the body and and start you know ultimately end their career just doing facelifts right okay you know facial facial surgeries so when you work on your friends yeah well (laughs) what happens is at least what i noticed is that I have a younger demographic. I mean, you know, a lot of my a lot of my patients come to me through social media, or I'm doing a lot of body procedures, which are procedures for young people. Yeah. You know, if you want your butt bigger, you're usually getting that when you're 20 or 30, not when you're 60. So my patients are younger, but as I go through and my patients age, I'll probably. Oh right, okay, I got you. You know, my practice will probably evolve with my patients. So, so uh, the the bariatric, you know, the body contouring after weight loss was a procedure were procedures that were sort of newer so the older established doctors didn't want to learn something new um by the way how do you um how do you know how much skin to get rid of yeah a lot of it has to do with with the markings that we do before the surgery so when a lot of times when you're watching surgeries or you're watching me on on social media you're seeing here in my operating room. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing me cut, but if you notice, I'm cutting on the lines and we usually don't show you the, you know, line, the making. line making. And that's really important. So sometimes I'll spend, you know, half hour, 45 minutes in the room with the patient, you know, in my holding room with them standing and I'm pinching and I'm pulling and I'm marking and, you know, so I have like a tailor. Yeah. I mean, I have four different colored Sharpies in my pocket. I come out, there's marker all over my fingers. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of a mess, but that's that's the important part. And, and you can I, also mark where there's a hurricane in Alabama. Yeah, you can yeah, get all yeah, this stuff yeah, done while you're yeah, in the middle yeah, of your job. Yeah, I mean, but but uh, you know, I don't know who did that. That makes it kind of fun, though. You're like drawn on the before, and then you're like. But yeah, do you yeah. clamp or do you just make assumptions? Um, I. Well, I pin when I'm making the markings. I'm pinching oh, with my pinching. fingers, but there is a learning curve. Like you have to you have to know 
through experience, do I take off, am I going to take off a little more than I think or a little less than I think? Well, I gotta, and, I, I'm going to give the layman's assumption that you have to go with less. Yeah, well, it's like once a, it's gone, it's, it's not coming back. It's like a haircut, right? Like you can <laughs> always take a little more. So in the operating room, then I can, I can confirm my markings where I'll actually staple the skin um, while they're asleep. Katie's like, oh. while they're asleep. Horrified. I'll, I'll stay. Okay, this. you have to watch his Insta story. This stuff is all happening. I know. I'm like, also, do I want to watch your Instagram? Probably, probably not. I mean, some people like it. Yeah, some people, yeah, it's, it's, it can be. If you're squeamish, it's not. Great. I'm very squeamish. But anyway, you staple them. I'll staple um, in order to feel the tension, to feel if it's too much. Yeah. And and that's how I confirm my markings. And if I need to make adjustments, I'll make adjustments. Right. So there's a little bit of improv. There's a, yeah. There's a lot of it. I mean the, the. That's what's, that's what's interesting about it because as you you work on one part, that may change things. It's almost like a chess game. I say to people, it's you know one move kind of changes the next move, and you kind of have to. And do you react find that it. that worries people in terms of because you said that right at the beginning? I like the artistry of it, which is great. But do you find then that that worries people because they think like God, I you know yeah, I think I it does. No, the I recipe. Think, I think it does. Yeah. I think it does because sometimes, sometimes I have conversations with people and. And I'll tell them, well, this is what I think I'm going to do, but I'm going to have to figure that out when I'm in there. And I, for the most part, people kind of get that. You yeah. know, that's why they're coming to me. They're coming because there is the artistry. Um, but I, then I can see, I look up, and some people are kind of like, I'm like, I know that makes you nervous, but that's kind of how it works. Yes. You know, it, you know, you don't want to commit to the lines you draw because what if I'm in the operating room and I realize that doesn't really look that look that good. But um, it's interesting. But I, you know, when I teach residents, I do tell them to spend as much time as you need making those marks ahead of time, and then in the operating room, have you have to have faith in your marks because when they're laying on the table and they're asleep and they're laying down, you know, when you're laying down, everything looks different, yes. right? So that's not the time to start tinkering with things. So you have to kind of trust your markings. You wow. can make little adjustments, but you. You know, why did I spend 45 minutes drawing on the patient if I'm going to come in here and, and say, ah, yeah, that line doesn't look right. Let me. So you have to trust your markings. And so when you cut the, for that BO or whatever you said, I'm sorry. Um, but the scarring after, like, was there, is it like, do you have it hidden somewhere where, or like under their underwear or how do you deal One with One of that? his favorite things to say. <laughs> Sc- you know, I always tell people scars fade but they never go away. So as a plastic surgeon, we have all sorts of tricks. You know, we use special stitches, we use special instruments. So that's why we're known for making good scars, but we don't make invisible scars. What I can control is the location of the scars. So if you're getting a tummy tuck where we're taking the skin off your belly, I can make it so that that scar hides underneath a bikini. Mm -hmm. Now I may not be able to control how thin that scar heals because part of it is your body and what your body does, but I can control the location of the scar. So, you know, we definitely do the best we can to hide the scars, but sometimes you just, scars are scars. And if you're someone that lost a lot of weight and you have extra skin, like on your arm or something like that, you have to figure which, which would you hate more? The, a visible scar and no skin or no scar and all this skin. Because if you're stapling them up, like up their leg, they must, they're going to have a big long scar, right? Yes, but luckily I would never put a scar, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> we hide it on the inner part of yeah, the thigh sure. or in the groin or, or if I'm trying to pull up the, you know, lift yeah. the thigh, 
I'll do it through an inc- through okay. a, through incisions in the waistline, almost like you're pulling up. This is what he likes. He likes when I say it's the surgical equivalent of pulling up your pants. Wow! So he literally does that. He removes the skin and then he, he lifts it up. Wow. It's not. It's like it is like it's like yeah, it is like art. It's like when I did, I did sculpture. So it's kind of it's the same. Different. You have to have some sort of you know. That's why everyone's oh, you're a plastic surgeon. Were you? Did you draw a lot? Was that your next question? No. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you draw a lot when you were a kid? Yeah. We. I mean, I think every plastic surgeon to some extent was artistic. Wow. Now, my next question in relation to this, these decisions you make. With how am the I doing markers, with the mic? Am I doing good? You're doing great. Okay, thanks. No, but how do you deal with the, the stress? I guess like everything, it becomes second nature, but y- your outcomes are, are hugely important to people and the risk is high. Yeah. That there could be a mistake. Like how do you keep calm in those scenarios all the time? You know, you just, I think some of it has to do with, you have to have that kind of demeanor in order to become a surgeon. So you have to, you have to be able to control your stress level. And Mm -hmm. that's why some people just aren't, you know, made out to be surgeons. You know, the people that, you know, like my wife, for example, sees a little drop of blood and she's like, Oh my God, it's hemorrhaging. It's gushing. Like, you know, versus when I see, see that it's like, okay, it's, you know, let's get a band aid. Like, so you have to kind of have that. I think that's self selects a little bit, but yeah, it's a, big deal there's these are real people on the other end of my scalpel and the 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 risk is huge i mean people could die um i mean it's yes it's surgery so we we do what we can to minimize risks you know we we're trained in the procedures um we operate you know this is a fully certified accredited operating room so we're this operating room adheres to national standards we use properly trained people i use a board certified anesthesiologist so we minimize the risk as much as possible, mm-hmm. but you have to be aware of that as a possibility. And I think at least with what I do as a cosmetic plastic surgeon, I can pick who I want to operate on. So if someone has medical problems that, that place them at a little bit higher risk, I don't have to operate on them. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. if, if, if I was doing, you know, reconstructive surgeries after an accident, you came into the emergency room and, you know, this is hypothetical, hypothetical. Not, 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 but if you have a million medical problems and you're just a medical disaster, I still got to operate no on choice, you. Yeah. I have no choice. So at least here, you know, when you come in to get your butt bigger, I'm going to get you checked out medically and make sure you're, you're all good. I mean, I wouldn't come in for a bigger butt, but, and I'm not coming in for lipo, but if I was ever going to do anything, I feel like it would be lipo. What's lipo? Suck Liposuction? your stomach in? Suck your stomach in? Yeah, just getting some fat removed from your stomach. Mm. Or wherever, anywhere. Oh, yeah, from anywhere. Sorry. But it's, I, I, I'm you know, and about myself. <laughs> but, you know, and it's, and it's funny because the viewers are going to be like, oh, well, Des, you're in great shape. You know, you're always playing volleyball and running and on the Peloton 27 hours a day. Um, however, but, there's however, always that spare tire. <laughs> people, the best candidates for liposuction are people who are in good shape that have problem areas. So, you know, I, I think liposuction or any body contouring procedures. Is, is never a weight loss procedure. It's just a shaping procedure, so. Okay, and how do you deal with unsatisfied customers? Like someone's like, this lipo's not good enough. I mean, what, what is that? Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, think, I think it's a, it's a oh, good question in the sense that <laughs> I understand that you would never want to play down the success of your business, but no matter how good a plastic surgeon you are, when you're dealing with body image, some people are not going to be right. happy. Right, yeah, I, I mean, I, I joke. But, um, but yes, there's always going to be unhappy people. The issue is, is specifically what are they unhappy about? Hopefully, people aren't un, aren't unhappy because there's a major problem. I mean, 
listen, I've seen, I do a lot of revision surgery mm-hmm. from other doctors and people come in and, and they're just kind of jacked up. I mean, it, and it's like, how did that happen? But most of the time it's subtle, subtle asymmetries or subtle abnormalities that they're, they're unhappy with. Um, and, and I try to, a lot of it is dealt with before the surgery where I try to tell them what's realistic, what they can realistically expect. Um, I tell people that, you know, if you come to see me and when I'm examining you, I'm going to like, I'm going to point out things that are different on your right side and your left side, not to give you a complex, but just to say, Hey, do you know your, you know, your right breast is a lot bigger than your left breast. And you'll be like, well, no, I never noticed that. And that's important because after the surgery, I guarantee you're going to notice that. And, and you may notice things that were always there. So it's setting realistic expectations. Um, it's, it's also a thing where a cha- it's, it, it takes time to get used to change too, right? Do you have to sort of explain to people like, listen, I get it. You feel a bit weird now. Over time, it's gonna, your brain is going to like normalize it and you'll... Yeah, and part of it is, is there's definitely a healing period. I mean, I tell my patients that it could take them take up to a full year to see your final results. And during that 12 months they're going to be complaining about all sorts of things. And I tell people, you know, you got to trust the process. You just got to be patient. And at the end of the healing process, if there's something that doesn't look right, that, that I I have, there's something I can do to make it better and make you happy. I'm happy to take care of it. Um, but most of the time, the things they were complaining about are not there after a year or they're so subtle that nobody, nobody notices it. But, you know, again, it comes down to, I think the biggest thing is, is trying to weed out people that are most likely to be unhappy. Yes. Yeah. You know, so or so, have unrealistic expectations. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's why the consultation's important. Like I'm you know, I'm looking at their body, but I'm also trying to gauge their like mental you know, stability. Yeah, because yeah. there are just some people where you just know that no matter what you do, they're going yeah. to be unhappy and I'd prefer them not to be unhappy with me. Yeah. Do you do you have to do a lot of uh, bringing people back from big changes? Like, in other words, quite large breast implants that perhaps you think might not suit their body or, uh, you know, just just such huge changes to their body that perhaps uh, it may be problematic. Yeah, I mean, I think we do that all the time, or at least we should be doing that all the time. There's there's a anything we do is a combination of of what they want and what's possible. And those two things are not always, you know, in sync. So especially with breast implants, there is a significantly higher risk of complications when you go with larger breast implants. Because if the breast implant, the breast implant still has to go in your breast. I got one here. Look, just look on cue. So So this is a breast implant. This is a silicone gel breast implant. This is the most popular one at the moment, the silicone gel breast implant. This is insane. So that- Katie has recently discovered that she's got a a propensity towards the lady. well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I like this. <laughs> well, Katie, I, I know a doctor that can, you know. Jack no, you I up. like my boobs. <laughs> I like them itty. So, so this I'm, is the currently popular. Yeah, this is silicone gel breast implant. And so, to make breasts larger, this would actually be put in underneath the muscle or the breast tissue. So, this is underneath everything, and then your breast would kind of be on top of it. Can we just wait one second? <laughs> and, uh, oh, so she's putting the mic down. The breast going. <laughs> There you go. Wow, Katie. Oh, she looks great, right? <laughs> and squeeze it. It Another feels satisfied. It feels customer. It looks great. Oh, my God. Yeah. It feels Katie, can like I feel your GoPro. fake breast? 
Wow. That's not real. That's that's not skin to skin contact. So it's that's no, okay. I know, I get it. Because he asked for consent. <laughs> that's, that's great. Wow. wow. And would that now though? Let's say she goes out a year later and she's playing rugby or something, tag rugby, and she gets a bang in the boob. Will that burst? This is an Irish. Have category. you done any rugby? <laughs> <laughs> My sisters are big into no, the rugby. These are really durable. These you can't break these. Oh, great. Um, if you look on YouTube, you'll see videos of people driving their car over these and they don't break. So, wow. so the only way these would break is if there was like a manufacturer oh. defect or a, or a, a weakness in the shell. But you can't. I mean, I I will, you know, I will give you whatever money's in my wallet now if you can squeeze this and break it. Okay, I'm not gonna be able There's to, but I challenge. could definitely do it with some money. I don't have a wallet on me. Oh, oh no. No, no, I'm just, I, no, but no, seriously, you can't break it. No, but I feel very aggressive it. doing it. I don't even wanna do it. You can't break it. it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. No, it's now, great. Now, was that always the way, the under the muscle thing, or is that an evolution of the surgery? Well, you know, the so the breast implant can be put either under the muscle or over the muscle under the breast tissue. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. Um, does that make sense, Katie? All no. I know is that I felt I've I've felt a few fake breasts in my lifetime, and the ones that uh, the, the, there's definitely ones that are way more natural. Right? Is that the ones that are under the muscle or the- probably not? It's probably more a reflection of the type of implant. So oh, they are okay. saline. Saline is a wa- saltwater filled implant. Those really will feel like a water balloon. So okay. those are going to feel harder and stiffer and, and like. Why, why Why are people using those? Um, you know it. Some people, that's a, sort of a complicated question because like some people just feel more, some people feel more comfortable not having silicone in their body. Okay. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons and there's some, some data to say it's true or not true. And, but some people feel more comfortable with having just salt water because they feel like if it were to break, it's just salt water. There's no oh. risk of it getting into their body. Um, it doesn't really happen with these implants, but that's that's kind of what people think. But is that also a fear from like the 80s? Like I feel like that came up in that movie. Was that Breastman? You know, the one with David yeah. Schwimmer? Didn't well, that come up where there was like some lawsuits? It did. I mean, you know, the, these silicone implants have been around since the 60s, and there were huge lawsuits in the 80s over them. Um, and, you know, Dow Corning got, you know, went out of business because just all these, you know, multi, multi-billion dollars in, in settlements that they had to pay. The, because they burst? Because they they burst and and women were getting sick from the silicone in their bodies. Oh, now, what I will tell people is that the implants we have today are so different than the implants they had back then. Back then, the implants really were filled with like a silicone oil. So if this implant were to break, the oil would just spill out. It was it was oil. Yeah. These are what you what you would call gummy bear. So you probably heard that term. Um, I haven't. Okay. Oh, only, only, only just the, the ones you eat. Yeah. yeah. But but that's where it came from. This implant. If I were to cut this in half, it's actually not liquid. Oh. It's it's just like a gummy bear. If you were to oh, bite a gummy right. bear in half, and it's so. So in other words, you could go in and get it. Well, and and the more important thing is that if this were to break, it'll break, but the stuff won't leak out. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, okay. great. So, that's great. so it's very, very, very different. So, yeah, because honestly, so, and, and this is not just to like make sure that nothing's controversial, but you don't hear about that stuff much anymore. You, right. I mean, there's, I'm there's sure you always. Do, but I you're mean, in the business. Yeah. But. I mean, there's, there's always. It, it tends, it tends to come up every five or six years. It's kind of like cyclical, um, but it's, but it's just very different. So, you know, those implants from back then, and that's kind of what gave people a scare and kind of the, kind of gave it a bad reputation so then people started moving to more of the saline implants oh, right. which are salt water and then these silicone implants got reapproved back in i think 2007 so they're they've been back on the market 
you know, 10, 12, 15, you know, for a while. Um, so I'm getting a lot of women that have saline implants, the saltwater implants, are now coming in and they're switching them because they want these which look and feel more feel natural. Better. And um, like, I, I can't, can't imagine ever breastfeeding, but just would that be something you'd have to talk to a woman and be like, will that affect it if she does? This it? really won't affect it because... Oh, you can still breastfeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the implant's put in in a position that doesn't affect anything with the breast. We're going wow. behind everything. So the, the milk ducts, the connections, everything's still completely intact. Sensitivity? Um, almost always intact. There is a, depending on, depending on ha- what incision you use to put the implant in, you can have, an in, uh, have a, a slight change in sensitivity of the nipple, although it's, very, it's not very common. No, it's just one of the things you put on the thing. So right. Just so you know, this yeah. is a possibility, right. but it's on the it's list. Rare. Like when you get the, your two out. But the... So you can breastfeed with implants. But what I do tell women is, remember, not everyone's able to breastfeed. And sometimes women that come in for breast implants are coming in, you know, obviously because they, you know, their breasts are smaller than they want. So there are some women whose breasts are native, you know, naturally very small. And they're not, they were never going to be able to breastfeed because they weren't be able to produce enough milk to support the baby. You know, because if you don't have a lot of breast tissue, you may not be able to make enough milk wow I is that true that. it's true yeah oh, i didn't know that but yeah. there's plenty of women with with very little breast tissue that can breastfeed fine so it's it's just the 25 percent of women have trouble breastfeeding so now, would you ever tell a woman who's let's say 28 29 recently married she wants to get breast implants would you ever say to her you plan on having kids in the next two years maybe you should wait till that's done all the time oh, yeah all the time yeah i i think in general if you're going to have you know, surgery to cosmetically change your body, you should wait until you're done having children. Um, now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have it, but if, if kids are sort of... On the horizon. On the horizon, then absolutely wait because the kids are going to mess up your body. I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. So why do you want to go through the surgery, get pregnant right away, and then potentially mess up what was done and have to have it redone? Yeah. Um, but, you know... There's plenty of surgeries where women are coming in, they're in their 20s or in their 30s, they're like, yeah, I'm, you know, kids maybe in the future, like, then we do it, and they, they have to understand that changes in the future may require a revision, but if you come in and you're like, yeah, I want to have a, you know, my husband and I want to have a baby in the next like, year, no, I would say absolutely wait. Yeah, the problem is he doesn't want to fuck me. <laughs> that makes it hard. That makes it hard. Yeah. I, I, I need to make, yeah, I, I mean, I'm kidding, but, uh, so, um, What's your percentage of? Well, actually, what are your? What's the sort of list of your procedures yeah. and their popularity? <laughs> um, so that's um, what you want to know. That's what was, exactly what I was thinking. So <laughs> the question out of my brain. Katie, do you, you, you want to like, ask the question? What is your list of procedures? <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to do more body work. So I'm kind of a body guy, and and like I said before, I think it's because I have younger patients. But my most common procedures are, um, you know, breast surgery. So. Breast, Im- breast implants, making them bigger, or a breast lift to lift them up, and, and commonly a lift and an implant. Lift them up and make them bigger. I do a lot of tummy tucks. I do a lot of liposuction, and I do a lot of butt augmentations, Brazilian butt lifts, which is making the butt bigger using their own fat. Wow, what a See? great reuse of fat. It's, it's I like mean, recycling. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we keep a small carbon footprint, and, you know, it's, <laughs> we like to be green here. And wow. that has to have been improved by the kardashians i feel like the trend in big butts really can be stemmed back to the keeping up with the kardashians 
Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, I think that. I think that there's a couple people through recent history who've been known for their big butts. And if you think back, remember when J Lo? Everyone was like, "Oh, J Lo, her butt's so big." You look back now at pictures like that's really not that very, big. Very average butt in terms of size. You know. It's good no, butt. no, yeah. Sorry, like you're about oh, to get oh, you're so, about to get hate mail from God, no, yeah, I know. an amazing Jen, ass, Jen and, amazing and ass. A Rod's coming sorry, after. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> an amazing hiney, but uh, yeah, average I, I, in size. I, yeah, not yeah, not humongous by the standards mm-hmm. that so we know was, today. Right, it was J Lo first, and then it was Beyonce. Right, beyond you know that was the next the next the next person, but it really was it was Kim. And again, I like you know a lot of it can be traced back to how, her how was it possible though i always wondered like how did they stretch her skin to make such a big arse well what's an arse an arse is an ass, an ass. Okay. <laughs> see i need a translator, I need a translator. <laughs> uh, the i don't know i mean it's you know i can't really comment specifically on what procedure she may or may not had done but if you inject fat if you suck fat out of someone then you inject it into their butt the skin will stretch. Oh, so I didn't realize it's sucked out and injected in. Yeah, so I thought Brazil- it was like um, a, like an arse implant, like one of these in your You can. You can have oh. an arse implant. Um, <laughs> am I doing good? It's uh, great. Um, you can, but that's an implant. That's a foreign body, and it doesn't look and feel as natural. It's yeah. one thing to put this in your, in your breast, um, but in your butt, the implant's... Are, are more of a solid silicone, so they feel a little firmer. So, so but hasn't it's evolved from that, right? Did it start with implants and then yeah, it started with it? implants, and then we started doing more of actually transferring fat. And you know, I probably did my first Brazilian butt lift. Um, I think it was 2007, and at the time, there were very few of us doing it. I mean, that's part of the reason why I do so many, and I'm you know, I I have a lot of patience for it because I was doing it from the beginning, right? You know, because there is a lot of a lot of negative publicity there around is. the BBL, safety-wise. Not around getting it done because yeah. it's very popular, but there seems to be a huge amount of people suggesting that it's not safe. Well, I think that in in the wrong hands, it's not safe. the the st- The statistics show that the Brazilian butt lift, so buttock augmentation through use of your own fat, is the fastest growing procedure in plastic surgery. Um, it's it's over the past two or three years, it's really skyrocketed in terms of the number, which means that there's a lot more doctors and not always plastic surgeons. There's a lot more doctors performing the procedure and they may not have the, the appropriate training to do it. And then as a procedure becomes popular, it becomes commoditized and people start looking for, you know, cheaper, cheaper places to have it done. I mean, you know, it's not bad. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, there's certain things that I don't think you should cheap out on, no, right? God. Yeah. Sushi and and plastic surgery. <laughs> the yeah. two. Those well, are the two, right? I mean, name another one. <laughs> really, that's it. Uh, well, uh, dental work. Dental. True. Yeah. Well, laser you know, eye surgery. Yeah. No. No. Anything I, with laser your laser eye surgery. Yeah, anything yeah. with your. Yeah, like I, for like LASIK, like buy one eye get the other eye like I don't need that I'll pay no. full price yeah. <laughs> I'll save all right full oh price for me one you know I'll pay cheek, double I'll pay double yeah. it's my eyes <laughs> yeah I was thinking about that though when I was researching plastic surgery this morning just because I don't know anything about it other than I said to you already the swan but um, I guess laser eye surgery and uh, getting braces that's kind of like plastic surgery too right and that's similar and ext- like you're fixing it's like an easier well, I did. I did want to bring up that comparison actually in relation to uh, the stigma around plastic surgery, but let's hold that thought okay. for a sec. And just in terms of how was it discovered that 
like the fat could be transferred and it wouldn't oh, be a yes, problem. Sir. And uh, why does the body like why does the fat not kind of go up and down the same way? Like so you get a Brazilian butt lift and then you keep going to the gym. How is it that the fat remains and your body doesn't eat it? It can change. Right. It will change. Yeah. So so fat cells are living cells. So what we figured out is by we can take those cells and kind of move them like a little transplant. Just like you can transplant a kidney or a lung or a heart, we're transplanting, you know, essentially hundreds of thousands of small individual fat cells. So when we move it from one place to the other and it sits there long enough um, for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, it'll start to grow its own blood supply and become a, a living part of you again. And what's interesting with this procedure is, or with any fat transfer, is those cells are still fat cells. And if you gain weight, those fat cells will get a little bit bigger. And if you lose weight, the fat cells will get a little smaller. Because if you you gain and lose weight, you don't gain or lose number of fat cells. Your fat cells that you have in your body is a set number that you're born with. It never changes. But if you gain weight, those fat cells get, get plumper. And when you lose weight, they shrivel up. That's how you get fatter or get skinnier. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so, that so now same you've shifted thing, those fat cells yeah. down there. So is there a... Cons- how, how, how does how does people not have like abnormal changes? They can. I mean, it's so. If if I were to do the procedure on you and then you were to gain ten pounds, most likely your butt's going to get a little bit bigger. If you lose ten pounds, it might get a little bit smaller. But remember, we're putting these fat cells in, really just kind of scattering them around and evenly, so that little changes will occur evenly it's not like one spot will, yes. will yeah. get bigger well, suddenly you get like a little clump right? yeah correct and now if you do it improperly and you just kind of squirt in the fat into one lump that's not going to work because those fat cells will actually die because the fat cells in the center of that lump can't ever get a blood supply oh. you know it's I, oh, right. I, I tell people it's really is like if you think about it it's like it's like seeding a lawn you know you you got the dirt and you got to throw the seeds out you can't just like you dump can't just dump a pile spot. of, yeah. you know, like you, when you fill in your divots, right? You got to... <laughs> your divots? Golf, What's that? Golf is a metaphor oh, for, for everything. Oh, for God's sake. So, so <laughs> and, and interesting, about 30% of the fat cells that you put in don't, don't take. They die. Oh, really? Yeah. So they'll just die. And, and if a fat cell dies, it just becomes a little speck of oil and your body just gets rid of it like it, it normally would. It just deals would. with it. Yeah. Now, your body has fat cells, so you move the fat cells. What happens in the area that they left. Yeah. You can never get fat there again? Generally not. I mean, I don't want to say never, but but if you were to gain weight, you tend not to gain the weight in the area you had liposuction. Now, you gain a lot of weight, eventually it's got to go somewhere. It's probably will go back to that place, but if, you know, if your trouble area is your, you know, your belly, the spare your, tire, the typical guy area, you know, kind of around the lower back. Yeah. So if my, I my did back, li- my my back fat, yeah. What are the muffin? My muffin top, muffin top, muffin top. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you deal with a lot of muffin top? Um, yeah, you usually, don't know this term. We we do, but it's usually that's more of a female term. Oh, okay. so guy, I think you were right with spare tire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't mind. I'm genderless when it comes to terms. I've seen some muffin top. So we'll call it your spare muffin top. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're making so me when hungry. I take, you know, when I take that out, like, so tomorrow when we're, when we're, you're laying on this table and we're doing the surgery, uh, <laughs> and then later, you know, when your Peloton breaks and you start to gain that, gain that weight back, it probably will go to whatever other area in your body is, like kind of like your next area. So it will probably, it shouldn't go back to that spot right away. Right. So, so can you take all the fat, fat 
places out everywhere so that you could never get it again. Fat cells out everywhere. In theory, yeah. But you but remember, you're not removing... When you do liposuction, you're not removing all the fat cells in the area because there's supposed to be a layer of fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has have, to be... Yeah, kept some, right? Yeah, yeah there's, there's got to be a layer, of, a nice layer of fat between your skin and your muscle. Yeah. If you take out... And what we're trying to do with liposuction is making that layer just thinner. If you take out everything, that's when bad things can happen. And that's where you can, you know, you see the pictures of Tara Reid, you know, those old Yeah, pic- yeah, bad. I mean, it's... Plastic guess, surgery gone wrong. Those are some fun websites. Yeah, so so what happens in situations like that is all the fat was taken out. So now you have kind of skin. The deeper layer of the skin is can sort of gets... She gets all queasy when I Sorry. It gets... You're right? Yeah. Uh, it kind of gets stuck down to the muscle. And it kind of scars down. So that's where you get all this like rippling so and weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of over aggressive removal of fat. So, Jeez. and somebody, well, particularly like at her peak, she's hugely successful actress, clearly made a lot of money. How was she, like, who, who are the irresponsible people? Or is it more just her drive? I'll, t- body image I'll, I'll tell you when we're not on air. Okay. <laughs> no, no. But no. I mean, like, well, that's the battle, isn't it? Yeah. Somebody comes with body image issues. I mean, okay, so th- this is a hypothetical, nothing to do with Tara Reid. But you take somebody who was like anorexic in their youth, they're quote unquote not an- actively anorexic, but huge body image issues. How do you fight against them trying to do stuff that's. Well, you have to, you have to learn to say no. Yeah. I mean, you just. So, how a, did that, how, in that situation, how, like, what happens that people don't say no? You know, some. <laughs> the money? Sometimes it's the money. Sometimes it's, especially when it's someone who's famous, like people, you know, kind of get caught up in, you know, in medicine, we call it VIP syndrome. Um, that's why, that's part of the reason why famous people can have problems. I mean, there's, you know, Joan Rivers, you know, had a very, you know, tragic complication from a, from a procedure that shouldn't have had that complication. And it turns out that a lot of things were sort of done wrong along the way. Corners were cut because of who it was. Yes. So we call that VIP syndrome. So you have to get away from getting caught up in, listen, we all like celebrity patients, yes. but, you but know. It's hard, and it's hard to say no to them. Yeah, you but sometimes you, ha- you, just, you just have to. You have to, you know, like I, you know, I treat everyone the same, you know, and, and you know, I have plenty of celebrity patients and they, they come in and, you know, I may make certain exceptions like I will, you know, I'll see them after hours or right. I'll, you know, if they, when they're having surgery, there's no other, nothing else going on. So they have the privacy and things like that. But in terms of, of, of the procedure and things that are done medically, I don't cut corners because, you know, that's how, that's how people die. Uh, so you just have to learn to say no. And part of, part of what I'm looking for when I'm, when I'm doing a consultation is people of unrealistic body image, you know, unrealistic expectations or, or a skewed body image. I mean, there's something called body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. you know, BDD, body dysmorphia disorder, which is a real, you know, medically recognized disease um where people it's it's actually fascinating people will look in the mirror and they will say my nose is grotesque it's so huge it's curved to the left and you look at them and their nose really isn't that bad it's not even a matter of like opinion it's they just see their own image is so so skewed from reality yes that that those those people will never be happy even if you you will never be able to give them exactly what they want, even if you give them exactly what they want. So in plastic surgery, we're always on the lookout for for, those, for that. For that yeah. patient. Yeah, because you, you just can't operate on them. You just can't because it's, 
it's just there's so many bad things that you know you're just gonna have someone that's gonna be unhappy and 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 torture you forever because you can't you just can't make them happy and they're probably gonna go down a a, a slippery slope of eventually harming themselves right maybe i mean it's a you know it's associated with other other mental health issues um but the problem is like you alluded to is that there's somebody that will do that surgery for them you know there's somebody down the block who's going to say yes when yes. i say no and and we have a responsibility um because you know once you have a problem and a complication it's you can't always fix it yes and it's so serious it's such a serious thing yeah. to be left with yeah, yeah and so, it's your reputation as well. So yeah. it's better to have a good one than doing a right. But I've had. Yeah, but know, it's also the concern for the human being. Yeah, it's both. Yeah. I mean, it's you know we're you know we're still phys- you know even though I do you know cosmetic surgery that's all about um, you know just just appearance. It's not really it doesn't really matter, right? It's not, a, but it's it's just about appearance. But you know, I'm still a doctor. Yeah. You know, I'm still a physician, and I still have responsibility you know, for, for patients and, and to do the right thing. And, you know, uh, you know, we take a, you know, we take a Hippocratic oath. I mean, we, there's all yeah. sorts of stuff involved. There's an ethics involved and, you know, it just, there's bad Which, people in any field. Yeah. Which brings me to the, the big, the question of ethics, which is not a concern of whether it's ethical or not that you're doing this, but I guess on a broader spectrum, it's why do we not try to push more the concept of, just be happy with who you are. You know, do you ever question what drives the demand in terms of, you know, uh, how important image is, the increase of, uh, you know, the, the, the increase of social media, that people are looking at themselves more, that there are certain negative things that drive the demand. Does that ever bug you? No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. It's, it's such a slippery slope because you don't want to dismiss self-image right because so many if you're happy with yourself so many good things can happen from that you have you can improve your interpersonal relationships you can improve your professional relationships like you know you feel better about yourself you have you do there's just so many good things when you feel good about yourself now the question is do you have to look good to feel good about yourself Mm. you know i think there's to some people yeah some people it's it's very tightly connected but they can go overboard. And so I'm okay with patients that come in and say, you know, I'm unhappy with this part of my body because it just makes me really unhappy. All I do is think about it. I know once this is fixed, I'm just going to feel so much better about myself. That's a pretty healthy yes. outlook on things. The problem is when people come in and say, I, I, I want to get this fixed because then, you know, my boyfriend will like pay me more attention, um, you know, and I'm going to get that promotion at work and, you know, everything's going to be great for my life. That's a little bit more of a leap. Once you once you make a direct connection between the 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 physical and the res, the result mm. without acknowledging that there's this whole bunch of stuff in between. So it's a it's a little it's kind of a gray area. Yes. But it's I mean it's it's naive of us to we can't I mean you can't really just sit here and say that yes, everyone should be happy with themselves, but you know what the truth is, people aren't, and we have safe ways that can change it. Mm. But mm. but it's a slippery slope. We got to be careful, especially with things like the Brazilian butt lifts, which are so popular. But that is clearly a trend. You know, in the '90s, it was like 
heroin chic, right? Yeah, now, Kate, Kate Moss. Kate Moss, all that, yeah. yeah. Now the trend is, you know, the, these these voluptuous bums. Uh, like, do you, do you ever get concerned, like, oh, in 20 years' time when this is different, people are going to be disappointed? I know tattoo artists don't yeah. deal with the same questions. No, I, I, I do. I mean, it, the question is, what do you... I mean, I agree it's a trend. Everything's a trend. Yes, of course. You know, breast implants have gotten much smaller than they were... 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, women are opting for smaller, more natural results. Um, Which I'm very happy about, by the way. Just to say that is a trend <laughs> that I, I, I really appreciate. But with the butts, yes. I, I mean, I think everything, fashion's a trend. Everything's a trend. So you have to, does it mean we shouldn't be doing the Brazilian butt lifts today? Because No, 15, I didn't mean it like that. No, no, I, no, no I'm just, you know, yeah. thinking out loud. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but, but I agree. I'm, now, there are going to be people in 10 years that come back to, "Quote unquote," reverse their Brazilian butt lift. One hundred percent. I'm seeing oh, it now. Oh, you can reduce. Yeah, you can just suck it back out. You can suck it out. I mean, there. It's not as easy because then you have to deal with the skin that may have been stretched out a little bit from having all that fat. But I have women coming in now who who went overboard with their Brazilian butt lift, you know, years ago, days. and and they want it reversed. So I think there's a some responsibility, at least on my end, to not make these. Big outrageous butts, um, you know. So, but but my patients come to me because they, even though <laughs> I'm just thinking of that song, you know, what's that? I like big butts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Showman loves big butts. Let me tell you, never trust a big butt and a smile. <laughs> um, that girl is poison. Poison. <laughs> so so I at least my patients come to me because. Even though my butts are kind of, I make kind of big butts, they're natural looking, which sounds yeah. really crazy to say, but it's kind of, you kind of, that's not as a, not a Kardashian butt. No, he's big and yeah. natural. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's wait, big shit. and natural. Why yeah. is it called a Brazilian butt lift? You Why know, there's a little controversy about that because it, it came from the fact that Brazilians were known for having like beautiful butts. Uh-huh. But, but. But, like the um, Ipanema butt, yeah, the Copacabana like the, butt. Yes, like in the little little bikini and, you know, the polka dot bikini and like all that stuff. But interesting, like Americans have kind of taken it and like it's like Brazilian butt left on steroids. Like, you know, butts have gotten so big. And if you talk to a Brazilian, like, you know, we go to all these meetings and, you know, Brazilian plastic surgeons are like, that's not a Brazilian butt lift. That's an American butt lift. Like, <laughs> like they want no ownership over that oh, name. Oh, interesting. Because they think it, it they think it, they don't think it's attractive. You know, in Brazil, butts are smaller. Which is a huge industry there, right? Plastic surgery is huge in Brazil. It's it's where it all started. So, you know, butts are butts are perky, like kind of more like the the bikini model butts. Breast implants are much smaller. Um, so it's it's a different aesthetic. But we see the same difference here, East Coast West Coast. You know, we can have like a, you know, like an East Coast West Coast dual. Oh, I didn't you know, know that you guys had a. Well, it's not. A, it's just a different. A biggie two pack. It yeah. is. It, you know, it's a different. It's a different aesthetic. Different aesthetic. A different aesthetic. You know. You know, the breast implants we put in on the East Coast tend to be smaller, a little bit more conservative. The West Coast, you know, much yeah, bigger. More showy. You know, our facial work tends. To, we're probably a little bit more conservative, but you know, on the West Coast, they're in. They're in on the beach twelve yeah. months a year. So you know, bodies are probably a little bit more. You know, more important or you know a little bit higher priority for them. I have a few friends in Ireland who got, um, who got, just when you're saying West Coast, I was just thinking, I wonder how many people in Ireland get plastic surgery. But I have a couple of friends that I went to school with who got, who got plastic surgery done. So breast implants, breast implants, face stuff. All right. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's all over. It's a big, it's a big growing industry in Ireland, but I think a lot of that is down to 
the decrease in stigma, which we alluded to her at the beginning of the I think that's the biggest thing. Because trust me, people were still having plastic, still getting plastic surgery procedures done 15, 20 years ago. You just, they weren't telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's like you're going to go out with your girlfriends and they're going to sit in the bar and they're going to, you know, they're, they're at least going to be telling you, oh, I just had my lips injected. Like, do you like them? Like, they're plumped up or like, oh, I'm go- tomorrow I'm going for a little Botox. So it may not be surgery, but people are really open to it. Yes, the normalization of it is, is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Do you do any Botox? Like me, like... like no, like on people. Oh, uh, what is, do I need? No, I do. No, I do. <laughs> I do. It on himself. I do. Bo- no, do I need it. it. I, mean, my, I mean, I just was filming tonight. I'm looking at my, I'm like, it's my forehead. I'm just a mess. Like I need, well, you, I need You have fix. emotion. What's wrong with you? No, but it's, there's a <laughs> fine line between emotion no, but and, he, uh, yeah, yeah. You have no, you are fine. Oh my no, God. No, but he, he uh, I, he's done it on his story. Yeah, I do. Oh, but yeah. I, and I inject you know, we do non-surgical things on people and we do Botox, we do fillers, you know, I have an esthetician, we do facials and lasers and all sorts of stuff. So it's not always surgery. Because that has been a, a big shock to me is that the average influencer on Instagram is openly getting fillers in their, 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 you know, their lips, the injections and the normalization of it is huge, which mm-hmm. is why I was, when you brought that up about uh, the dentist, like for you, yeah, what, just- is your, what is your attitude towards plastic surgery? Um, I guess only because only mm, you know what I you can say you I, can say. I, I have no I have no intention unless something physically happens to me uh, to ever get it done. But then I'm very lucky that I'm like very happy with my body. Like I have gaps in my teeth, and it never occurred to me to ever get braces, and I'm like fine with them. So I'm very lucky in that regard. So I don't want to judge anybody who feels. But I, you know, I, I've I've seen a few people who have gotten it done, and I thought they looked better before. So that's the other thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was a botched job back no, home. I mean, but I mean, the thing is, people say things like that all the time, like about like you know, I see so many people that you know are look overdone or you know doesn't look right, which is true. But remember, you're seeing the people that it doesn't look right. Yeah. So there are plenty of people out there because that's the whole point. I mean, I want you know I want to do stuff on on you and have people think you look better, not different, mm-hmm. and not yeah. know what you did. Yes. You know, so it's ideal for you know for me to do non-surgical stuff on people. You know, like fillers and Botox, and for them to go to work and people say, you know, you look you look great. Did you just go on vacation? What what's different yes. about you? Yeah. Did you change your hair color? That's well, so common. There was it's one. Like, no, it's not my hair. It's the yeah. filler in my lips well there was one girl that i know that's in her i wouldn't i would have thought she was 10 years younger and then she's like oh no i got botox done and i never i knew her for a long time and i never knew that she got botox mm-hmm. or so that was the good version of it i was like but would okay. you say you had a judgment before oh definitely yeah yeah like now um i mean i did all my like I, like I, I, you know when i when i started to know people that were getting breast implants that was one thing but just uh, I, w- I, I had a negative attitude towards plastic mm-hmm. surgery growing up. I mean, I heard Bob Barker got a facelift and I thought I would never get a facelift. I know, same, same as myself, like especially with wa- watching The Swan when I was younger, I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe this. They're changing mm-hmm. completely. So my impression of it was like, you just, you're, cha- you're not happy with yourself. You're, cha- you know, you're becoming a different person and it's so much money. Wouldn't you want to spend like three grand on going on a holidays instead of getting your boobs a little bigger? So like I did def, but that's be- just because that's what I was told but growing up. I think up. there's a lot of judgment about it. It. And yeah. I know that that is changing, but which is why I brought it up in relation to braces. I always wonder why some people were like, I would never get plastic surgery. And then I asked them, would you get braces? And they were like, that's different. And I, yeah. I wonder why is it different? Well, that's it's what, not. Well, that's what I thought about today because I was like, actually, do you know what? It's funny when people do, because obviously I don't have a judgment on it anymore. 
but it's funny when people do have a judgment on it but we've all like my brothers and sisters are 12 and they're getting braces like their kids are getting braces so they have perfect teeth well not even braces the big thing now is is veneers right yes there's two right there baby you know that's such a you know like there's plenty of you know michael appa um on instagram he's a cosmetic dentist he does really great you know tooth work doing veneers um so like there's a lot of really good instagram social media pages out there specifically for like you know dental work and they're still i think they're going through it now because there's always been a big stigma about veneers right and 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 now it's just it's so different it's maybe it's maybe it's technique you know i mean i always thought that you had to like file down someone's tooth to little like points in order to oh get veneer on but you don't you don't you know it's they they have to shave it down a little bit but so i think that you know the cosmetic dentistry world is probably experiencing this a little bit too where things are getting destigmatized well i mean i have veneers because i cracked both my teeth playing rugby when i was 18 Mm -hmm. didn't expect two rugby references in the one uh in the one interview (laughs) but there's definitely not the same even veneers there's a there's a there's a broader acceptance of cosmetic dentistry than there is to cosmetic surgery i would think but I think there's a difference. If you tell people I have, you know, these are veneers because I cracked my tooth playing rugby. That's that's three references. Um, <laughs> same reference doesn't count. But um, it's very different than saying, you know, I'm on stage all the time. Like my smile's really important to me. Like, and then you have everything done a little bit more electively. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh uh, no. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But the, there's tons of people. I I see these paid. I'm like, I need to get my. You need to get my so teeth done. About your teeth. I, uh, yeah, I have a gaff. I have a. That's you know, a brown gaff. I like it. My daughter had the same gaff. I hate to digress or change the subject to my daughter, but um, she has the same gap. You know, and and she got she has braces, and her gap's gone. I'm like, you yeah. liked her gap. I was like, we're gonna miss it. Yeah, it's my. This is the Sholin gap. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, braces are expensive but it's much more I think it must be much more affordable now that my brothers and sisters can and get it's it, just it much more like in I the was, states it was just a thing yeah. it's only more of a recent thing in Ireland I don't mind having a gap like I know when I was I was bullied for it as a kid and I was definitely even when I came over here a guy said it to me when I was out drinking he told me I looked like a horse because my teeth <laughs> it was so ugly I couldn't believe he was saying that to me I was like look your face he was negging you I know it was awful but it's not nice because I, you know, I just moved over here I was a little bit more I was younger I was a little more innocent I was very upset by it like I remember crying over it oh jeez Whereas now, do you know, um, gaps are after coming back into fashion. And Michael Strahan. Cara Delevingne, I think. Uh, and I actually get a lot of compliments for, for oh, Strahan has a Strahan, gap. Strahan has a gap. Yeah. Yeah. And look, Madonna, Madonna had a gap. And, That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, so, do you know, I just think whatever you have, if you wear it with confidence, it's grand. Right, which I think is great. And, and it's just not but everyone's like that. that. Right, That's so, if, so if some people are really, like, self-conscious about, you know, you're obviously a strong enough person to, like, brush it off and not you know not let it get to you but other people aren't so you know people that have that that body part of that thing that just bugs them and they just let it kind of just like beat them down like day after day you know if you get that changed you know hopefully good things happen yeah no no i do because i do now i'm like okay there was someone i saw recently and i was like i said it to a friend i was like jeez she looks great and then she was like, oh, yeah, she got a certain amount of work done. And I, it would have never occurred to me, but I was like, you know what? Fair play to her. And she looked great. She had the money. Why not if that's yes. going to make you happier? But you can't tell people they look great because then they're like, oh, I looked bad before. Did I look bad before? No, it's fine. <laughs> but one thing I have to say in terms of one thing that really helps to accept plastic surgery as a positive thing is getting older. 
<laughs> as you get older, all the things you thought you would never do, they fucking change quick. Well, well that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in 10 years if my nose starts to get... Well, you fat. have great skin, but I promise you in five or six years when those lines start kicking in, you'll be like... No, Will well, I? I don't know. Well, hope, well, we'll see. Well, my dad is really good. My dad is. It looks like he got natural Botox. Maybe he's getting Botox on the slide the whole Maybe time. Maybe this is what's going on. Because we always yeah. joke that he can't even mm-hmm. do facial expressions. He's really good genes. Like I think my <laughs> your dad's Botox. He's been Botox of the all whole the embarrassing time. things that your in dad. In fact, has we got to wrap it up because he's coming in. He's coming <laughs> in about ten minutes for his appointment. He flew over from Ireland for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, actually, one last question because I, I know that you were joking there, but in fairness, we we should wrap it up. Um, the the importance of social media for your promotion is that has that been a surprise for you the way the industry evolved um i mean i want it i can't say it's been a surprise because i sort of saw it coming you know so you know i'm always looking for you know part of what i do is you know yes i'm a plastic surgeon but you know, I'm also a businessman, right? Like I'm, I got to build my practice and kind of promote myself. So I'm always kind of looking for what the next thing is. And, and I knew that web, it wasn't websites, right? It wasn't websites. It wasn't online directories. Um, so I was like, how are people going to get to, you know, so I don't think I'm really surprised about social media, but, but it's only because I kind of saw it coming a little bit. Um, other people certainly are surprised. I mean, you know, social media. So we're talking about like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, um, YouTube, these are all social media channels that, that allow you to, to really put out content and dictate the narrative. So uh, by, I think by showing people plastic surgery and actual procedures and, and showing the, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and showing graphic stuff, you know, stuff you don't want to see, um, that's exposing people to it. And it's, it's almost like, the things that reality television I know, was but it doing. requires you to be a presenter. I mean, you, you yes, want it to be a doctor. You want it to be a surgeon I all know. your life. And suddenly, and you're quite good at it, but suddenly you're in front of the camera presenting operations. Yeah, it can be. I mean, I, I enjoy it to some extent. There is, you know, you do get a little bit of fatigue, a little social media fatigue, you know, um, because it, it's, an, it's another... You're doing two jobs. Yeah, it's another element. I mean, you know, I... Part of the criticism of social media is that it's distracting you from what you're actually doing from the surgery, which I disagree with completely because, like, you know, when I do social media and I'm showing surgeries, I'm doing the surgery and someone's filming me and they're just observing. I'm not, like, I'm not acting for the camera or doing anything differently. It's just kind of like, you know, giving people a glimpse into my operating room. So I, I, don't, I don't think that's a fair criticism, but it does involve some sort of it does involve some time and thought you know you have and to And also kind of, you're good at it whereas other doctors aren't Yeah some people just aren't some people just some people aren't good at it or some people think they're good at it and they're not right yeah. you know you have to some people are just either okay on camera or not so but that's 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 why you can do you know other things i mean you're talking about like more more improvised things like instagram stories or snapchat where you're kind of like behind the scenes but if you're someone who isn't as good in front of the camera you can do more um curated things like you can your instagram feed can be set you know pictures and things where you're not after yeah or you can do youtube videos where it's a little bit more polished and you can edit and you can sort of you know editing can make anyone look good and do you think that 
the word of mouth is more important still, or that actually the in the social media stuff has become more important? Well, st- I always say social media is word of mouth on steroids, right? Yes. Like it's it's word of mouth. That's the whole definition of social media. But but it's yeah, social media is much more important. You know, I've given presentations on social media to to you know at national conferences and stuff. And you know, when I first started, the doctors that trained me said, you know, if you want to, uh, you know. If you want to get business, you need to like hand out your card to other doctors and they're going to refer people to you and but that's that's such a small like sample. Social media allows you to word of hand mouth your card out to a thousand people. Right, like just to cast a huge net. So it's so much more efficient and it's also it also has expanded my my patient base. How did you build it up? Do you have 149,000 followers? <sighs> um, you know it it I think it was just, I honestly think it was just a matter of getting into it early, you know, kind of seeing it and getting into it early. You know, I started, my social media really started on Snapchat. Um, Snapchat started and I kind of saw an opportunity to show plastic surgery. And, you know, at the time it was, it was really just me and Dr. Miami doing things on, on Snapchat. And, and I started showing showing procedures and what was great about Snapchat is you can show nipples and blood and there, there was no censoring. You can't do that on Instagram without getting your account shut down. But so Snapchat, anything goes. So we used to show that. And at one point I, I mean, I was up to 4 million views per day. Really? It was crazy. Yeah. It was insane. And it was a huge thing, you know, and then Snapchat kind of messed up a little bit they and screwed they, up, they changed their platform and went more towards like sponsored advertising. And what was happening was people were, people were having trouble finding me. And then I saw Instagram kind of like coming along and it was like, which horse do I bet on? And as much as it pained me, I kind of started doing more Instagram and, and cause I didn't want to, you know, and that's where the I vanity is. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't love Instagram for a lot of reasons, but particularly the censorship, the censorship. And also they're, especially now they're, they're really, they seem to have a, they're taking on a very body positive approach, which I think is always good, but they're, I think they're doing it to the detriment of, of plastic surgeons and people in like the beauty industry. So they're kind of, I think they're, they're, um, they're kind of stopping our growth mm. and they're trying to promote more paid, you know, they're trying to make I, money. Yes. So what you're going to find now is, is the accounts aren't really growing like they used to. Yes. You know, my growth happened two, three, four years ago. You know, now the accounts pretty much flat topped lined. off. It's flatlined because that's what they're, they're kind of throttling Which is us. What Facebook did and it's the same company. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the same thing. I mean, on Facebook and you know, they, they you're only going to grow if you buy, ads and do promoted promoted posts so it's a business and you know which i get i mean it's a it's a platform that i've been using for free for these many years and it's gotten me so much in in revenue so who am i to yes i can't complain i mean i i kind of you know you know it was a, a benefit and they're a business and they can do what they want katie i've asked all the questions you, you have any uh no no we covered everything uh that i was going to talk about as well if you were going to get a procedure, what procedure do you think you'd get? Me? Do you know what I would get? But I don't think it's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, like a, a 
full good posture all the time. Yeah, that's not possible. <laughs> you could stick like some screws in there that I'm. Just well, no, does that that you have to take her to the gym and you got to work on your. I know. You know, there's still you know diet. These braces that they're selling on Instagram are bullshit. By the oh, way, oh, if you see the, the shoulder yeah, brace they, thing, I was gonna buy one. Bullshit. They, they market. Did you try it? No, but I've done all the research on it because my mom. God rest her soul. Had a terrible posture, but like. Oh, thanks chronic. by the way for that story today. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, well, it was no, just an honest sad. moment. I know, I know, an no, honest I moment. It was sad. So uh, you know, I like to come out of my grief. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, my mother bought that thing, and uh, at the time I was like, it's bullshit. But then I started seeing the advertisements coming up on my Instagram. Yeah, because you probably search. Yeah, you probably search for it. And now it's like they're in yeah, your, they're but, in your head. But uh, but anyway, they. Uh, I, I, I Google and basically it does nothing. Right. Um, what would you get done? Is what there like balls lift, balls, silicone balls? Well, there's silicone two, balls. You there can are, get a silicone. There are. I was offered they, a silicone do implant. Do guys get big? But can they, well, I know because, but I mean, for guys who have two balls, do they look to get bigger balls? I don't think like bigger. A, balls I don't is think a bigger thing. balls is oh, a that thing. would be like a that would be like a no because like you'd have fetish. to remove you'd have to you'd have to like swap which you wouldn't do but you oh. you know but you but but well, there is a penis thing. augmentation was well, a there thing is a for thing. a while but it turns out to be bullshit, well there's a right? thing you're gonna love this is good this is like gonna be for a whole other thing there's something called scrotox 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 which oh, is make them less saggy well the, the so they're in, they inject Botox into the scrotum. And to make them smoother, Ooh. your scrotum smoother, smoother. I like a wrinkly balls. Well, I just that's a scrotum you're talking I like about. Yeah, a wrinkly scrotum. <laughs> but the the problem with that, and I've been quoted, I've been quoting a lot of articles when this first came out a couple of years ago. Like they, you know, they called me to like comment yeah. on scrotox. I'm like, it's bullshit. Like because the whole point is to make the balls kind of smoother and lift them up. But there's a muscle in there. You know, which is why it's kind of wrinkly, and also why you know you won't understand, but also sometimes why sometimes like, it's tight and sometimes yeah, it's if you're loose. cold, yeah. the muscle contracts, brings your testicles closer to your body in order to keep them warmer and Aww, protect the sperm. That's really and nice. And when it's hot, they get looser and further away from your body to cool them. It's a it's wow. a it's a thermostat. It's like a nest for your Isn't that for lovely? your balls. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's just the human body. Yeah. Isn't yeah, the human body amazing, amazing, Katie? But but it's, so if you Botox that muscle, they're gonna relax and yeah, it might get smoother. But it's actually gonna make them saggier. Yeah. So I so but there is a thing called scrotox, but penis enlargements. Um, really? Does that work? Uh, that doesn't so work. Penis augmentation. <laughs> I mean, my one was very unsuccessful. <laughs> Luckily, no one's complained since it's retracted to its original position. No, my understanding was that penis augmentation not really a successful operation. Well, there's two ways to do it. I mean, it's a it's a I know big that operation. Cutting can, the suspensory you can, ligament. You, you you've done your research. I, you know, I'm just one of these guys that likes to know everything. Well, it depends. It's it's length or girth, right? Right. So so there's a there's a ligament that if you cut it, the penis will kind of like extend a little bit, and that will give you more length. So that's a length operation. Because some of your penis is like in you, yeah. right? And it allows yeah. some of the some of the some of the shy part of your penis right. to come out. Have it, you done penis work? I have not. That's is that, not a, your is thing. that a personal question? <laughs> no. Okay, yes. No, 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 it's not no. Are you no. satisfied with your own? <laughs> do you get a lot of men in here? I do. Um, you know, men tend to you know the most common procedure in men is rhinoplasty, so so nose jobs or and then liposuction. Those are the two big oh. things. What about chins? You know, chins. You chins are pretty popular, and chins and noses kind of go together. Because sometimes people will come in and say, "I don't like my nose; it's too big." And you look at them, you're like, "Your nose is fine. It's your chin that's a little small." So you can either put a small chin implant in with a little incision underneath, or you can do fillers. 
You can just mm. do temporary fillers that can last, you know, nine months to a year to, you know, to, to, to build up the chin. Because stronger, stronger jawline is a very, you know, it's a very desired masculine trait. Yeah, yes. it's hot. Yeah. And I love a good jawline. And um, what about, this is a crazy question, but what about uh, vaginas, girls? Did they ever want to get like vagina lifts or something? Uh, you know, that's a really common procedure as well i don't do it my understanding is it's the most popular procedure it's one of them yeah i mean it's it's it could yes it's it's you know something called a labiaplasty where they'll actually remove some of the labia um it's a hugely popular procedure and you know i don't do it but you don't do it i don't do it yeah it just you know can't do everything and i did i get a little concerned because you know you they're like sort of what you alluded to there's certain there are some trends um, and also the labia serve a purpose. They're there for mm-hmm. protection. They're supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, there's, there's supposed to be some length to it. And, and a lot of the procedures that I've seen, you know, again, some of it's done, some women have a, have a legitimate, con, you know, issue because the, you know, their labia has been stretched out or it's just congenitally, congenitally yeah, or they're just born that way. It's just their, their, their body type and it can, you know, they can get irritated, um, so, so that's one reason, but some women are coming in, they essentially are trying to, they want to remove as much of their labia as possible. And it's, so they think they've got too much vulva, like well, too not much the vulva. The lips, um, right? Is there a Seinfeld episode coming soon? No, uh, no. <laughs> what, like, uh, is it the lips? It's yeah. It's the lips. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's the side, you know, vulva's more at the, the top. Flaps. This, the flaps. Yes. I mean, you know. As a professional, I can't say flaps, cause yeah. but but yes, the the side the side flaps, yeah. Oh, the, so the flaps are too flappy. Yes, as Borat would say, because, like sleeve of wizard. Because Ali Wong's special terrified me out of having kids, just because she does this bit. I called my stepmom after it and everything. She said it's not true, but she did this bit where her friend had a baby and the flaps were like were so long and stretched out and flapping everywhere. She got like a, I guess maybe it was like. A, well, anyway, so it's good to know that you can get that. Yeah, you can. Back. It's it's yeah, it's commonly done. I mean, so there's cosmetic surgery for the vagina. Yeah, and is there also like tightening of the vagina? Yeah, um, wow. an uncouth yeah. plastic surgeon once oh. described to me: Is it some laser thing where they they use a device? There, there. So there's historically you could you know we used to be able to go inside and actually sew up the wall of the the vagina. Just like, you know, put some stitches just like a tailor and, and make the canal smaller. Um, and now what they're doing is they're using using energy devices, so a laser. Essentially yeah. a laser that 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 the the end of the laser looks like a sex toy. I mean it you know, goes in, they heat up the area and it causes a controlled thermal injury so that the the inner the tissue kind of tightens and contracts and surprisingly there's no pain like okay. they're completely Sounds painless terrific. but but it it causes some tightening there's there are some concerns over it um there have been some recent warnings um basically saying that it's not like it's not an approved use of the energy you know mm-hmm. of the devices but but it's it's there's several devices out there and, and doctors that will do it and does it you know the the issue with all these things is does it work long term you know, I can heat up anything. Like you get a sunburn and you know your skin feels really tight. Mm. So yes, it's heat tightens your skin, but it goes back to normal. So if you're getting those procedures done, is it going to go back to normal in a year, you know, two years? Maybe, probably. Um, and, and then you have to decide, is that worth 
the cost of the procedure to you know for something that's temporary that you know which i think is okay there's the problem is a lot of a lot of these companies promote these things as being as lasting a lot longer than they really yes. do yeah. so rule of thumb like when when something new comes out and the the, the manufacturer says it's going to last two years i'm like okay it's going to last one year you just kind of got to cut that number in half and do you mind if i ask like how much is a boob job it depends i mean it really depends i mean in gen i mean in this type of area it's probably around ten thousand. okay and you get boob reductions as well um you you can yeah no, but yeah. like i mean do you do them oh yeah yeah oh, okay. yeah yeah but how much is one of these the what's the retail price oh the of, actual of implant? implant you want one as like a paperweight no just, i'll give I you just, one I'll i've just really you keep I, i've just really been enjoying feeling no, it. it's, like it's a, a good stress ball, ball. yeah it's a good <laughs> stress ball yeah um those actually the implants themselves depending on the type and the company and stuff the implant themselves can cost eight or nine hundred dollars just for an implant. Really? So, so when you get, you don't have to give me an eight or nine hundred dollar nice paperweight. Pillow. Oh, this would be great. For I'll give Spain. you. I'll give you a used one. <laughs> a used one. Is this used? Did I just put breast tissue face no, on my no, face? No, no, I mean, it's been washed. Um, we sprayed it. No, the the. Um, Can I put? But it? No. but that's that actually raises a point where you know the actual cost like. Like, if you look around, this is a real operating room, right? It's a real operating room. There's real equipment. You know, I have expensive-looking machines. And then the implants themselves, I told you, are going to cost $1,800, you know, yeah. $1,600 just for the set. And then if you you go and you go to somewhere that's going to tell you, oh, I'll do, you know, your breast implants for thirty, you know, $3,500, which you see on the subway. You yeah. see the yes. ads on the subway. How is that possible? Yeah. You know, yeah. There, it's, you know, you're – they're still running a business. So I get really concerned about cheap plastic surgery because corners have to be They're getting cut being somewhere. cut. Right. Yeah. Because well, like that's only a low staff, bad equipment. Or in, or, or in order to make a profit, you're you're doing 10, 12 of them a day. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. not good either. Even if everything's legit, I mean you can't you gotta be sharp, you gotta be Yeah, and like your staff has to be rushing. What about an hour? About an hour, and then you have to pay all the staff out in the room. Sure, so, I have yeah. nurses. We have anesthesiologists. That you know, the sutures cost money. The equi- you know, it's so it's, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of overhead and costs associated with surgery. So, you know, you have to be a little bit weary of really cheap. You don't want to go to K. You don't want Kmart plastic surgery, right? Mm. Absolutely not. All right, just a couple of quick five questions before yeah. we go. What's the normal recovery time from a breast surgery? Um. Feeling pretty good in three or four days back to work in a week. Oh, back to work in a week. Is this like rapid fire? Am I doing good? Yeah, BBL. Um, Feeling like crap for a week. Oh. Still really sore for week number two. So usually back to work in about 10 to 14 days. Okay. But longer but, recovery, but quite sore, a lot, a lot of sore, a lot of a lot swelling, of a lot of swelling, um, and it could take you about. I would tell people about six weeks before you feel like you're going to be bikini ready. Um, knowing that you're going to look even better in six months. Okay. okay. Facelifts? I know you don't do them that much, but... Um, facelifts are more of a social recovery, so I want people to take it easy for about a week, but there's very little pain associated with a facelift. It just doesn't hurt. So you're bruised and you're swollen, and you want to hide... embarrassing. And you want to hide from your friends, but you can you can do normal activities, you know, but you want, if, you're, if you're looking to hide until you're... You look like you didn't have surgery. You're going to figure about two weeks. Liposuction, man, woman. It depends on the extent of liposuction, but in the average male love handles. I'm not like, getting it, by the way. But just why don't we? Should, we can do it. 
we can do it on live? camera. We'll what's do the, it. We'll live the, stream it. What, well, Louis Thoreau did that, right? Or well, one of the, one of those travel guys did that in Thailand. The result was huge. It's the only reason why I have an interest in liposuction. And funny enough, I've never seen it. But the amount of people that said to me, "He did it, and he looked amazing afterwards." And we'll, I'm do not it, do, we'll do it. We'll I'm do not it. We'll do it live. Lipo, but it depends how much percentage off we get for the live uh, the live <laughs> operation. I, well, well, it'll depend on the blessed in, a breast implant. It'll depend on the viewers, right? We'll do it. We'll do it by the. We'll have a. Yeah, but you have a lot more followers than me. And it's not like all the Irish that know me are going to be coming over. Des Bishop got liposuction only. If I advertise that Des Bishop is getting liposuction live, like we'll get, we'll get the entire country. Can you give Des Bishop liposuction but inject his fat into my arse? <laughs> <laughs> what is the genetic uh, chance of uh, rejection on a fat transplant? Well, it's like a, it's like an organ transplant. So if you, you got to get the anti-rejection drugs. Yeah, or you know, people ask all the time. They're like. Like oh, can my sister can um you know my sister donate her fat? Yeah, if it's an identical twin and we would test you. I mean, not that oh. I would ever do it. I mean, I would love to do that experiment one day, but it's just not a really yeah, and not you know it's cool. not really a safe. Most ethical. people have enough fat. I know that you can count situations don't. where they don't have. Fat. Some people don't. If some people are too, some people have a flat butt because they're so skinny that there's no fat for me to move because oh, there's right. yeah. you gotta have fat. I got some tick ties, but I like them. <laughs> What's a tie? <laughs> it means it's it means that when my legs are closed and I got a skirt on, you can't see. Oh, my, she's got uh, thick thighs. You can't see my vagina. Oh, look at this! Oh, I didn't ask. Oops. See, Katie, it's not as easy as you think. Being a hundred percent consensual, I can't. Hold on. I, we're, we're done, by the way. This is where I saw my. This is where I saw my career going. Probably all the trans activists will get on to me now, but I'm 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 just having a. This is for the outtakes. Yeah, this is for the outtakes. Does feel lovely. It's like a breast. I know. You wouldn't. This is how it started for Kate. Have have you? You said we're done. Well, no, we're finishing now. Oh, I mean, well, I have a question, but I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Well, so I mean, it's me being ignorant, but like just since you said there, um, so when a woman when a woman is transforming into a man or a man transforming into a woman, have you ever had people come to you about doing that, or is there specific plastic surgeons for that? There, it depends on what parts they're doing. Um, okay. I do the top parts, so oh. I don't do any of the genital work because that's much more complex surgery. You know, making a penis into a vagina, or a vagina into a penis, like that. There are plastic surgeons that specialize in that, but I will do the top surgery. So I will do, you know, I will do, um, you know, breast implants or or do breast reductions. Um, okay, and is I that- mean, this is a, this is a great question. I, I I almost prefer that it didn't get asked at the time where I had a silicone breast implant <laughs> in my chest because it feels like we're, it feels like we're being disrespectful. But that was just this was just accidental no, that was timing. Just being silly. Yeah, but it, it, it is accidental something I, I was thinking about because I have a lot of friends who have gone through the procedure. Um, and when so for so for, for is it much different than I guess for when you're doing it on a man? Is that much different than doing it on on a woman because there's less skin there? Is there well, more yeah, there's struck? less skin and also the muscles are different. So if we're talking about like a trans female, so a male that that um, Tra- transitions, trans, to transitions to a into a female, you're still I still have to deal with the tightness of the skin and also the chest muscle is a little bit thicker. So yeah, and the the technique is a little bit different. So it's it's definitely. Wow. Different in terms of in terms of technique. Yeah. Um, so they could go to you and then go to someone else for the other part. Correct. Like correct. And a lot of doctors. you know this is again it's like a whole other topic. But there are there are there are many trans females that that only do the top and never do anything with the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know everyone's a little different in terms of of what procedures they they are ultimately going to do. Um, but there are specialists for everything. And also um, f- don't forget fat transfer is also really common in that in that situation because 
um, trans females tend not to have the like hips, feminine hips. Yeah, you know, so you and can transfer some into the side. Exactly. Hips. So, so that's another situation. Did you do that? I do. Yeah. All and right. Is it more yeah. expensive for for that not the fact procedure? But is it the same price as a woman getting a boob job, or because it's a bit more complicated, is it more expensive? It's, I mean, the price. You know, for any of the procedure, pricing is sort of based on exactly what needs to be done and the complexity of what needs to be done and the and the amount of time in the operating room. So it's, you know, there's, but it's it's. It's around the same. Okay. It's around the same amount. It's it's not like you know that's, yeah. You know it's like with anything. It's like some some breast implants um, are just I know are going to be easier than than others because of per, you know situations. And that's I guess um, kind of so like if plastic surgery hadn't come so far, those procedures wouldn't be able to happen. So that's like a good thing for plastic surgery where people can get those procedures now well i think it's with you know again it's with it's like with anything i mean i think there's 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 a lot of options for people no matter what their situation or desires are i mean Mm -hmm. i think that i think that that the whole field has come so far that you know if there's something that bothers you there's probably a solution for it have people Mm. come to you with like a dodgy toe um dodgy toe is that a, no. um no i mean it's <laughs> there are there are, but there are, no, no i'm just i'm just kidding uh, there are there Beautiful are questions about trends and then suddenly i mean what a shift to the dodgy toe well, I have, I have <laughs> this is all gonna be fixed in post-production right no no i quite like it actually i like the natural. no there are there are there are podiatrists who do cosmetic surgery of the feet yeah so there's a imagine. whole field yeah like you know bunions and hammer toes and if i got some dodgy feet from playing uh gaelic rugby with rugby football with boots that were a little too small and i kind of was like ah it'd be grand but and that's a big thing in years. this in this country also you know a lot of the the dancers ball- ballerinas um ballerina there's a whole well. there you go there's a whole, you must have dodgy toes oh the ugly i remember she I, has she has the feet of a 1860s chinese woman <laughs> i had an ex-boyfriend say to me once and it was such a weird thing he made it actually now in hindsight had a foot fetish because he said you're lucky your face is pretty because your feet are really ugly was the Katie meets the fucking I think that's the, load I of think assholes. that's the opposite of a foot fetish, though, right? Yeah. But I mean, because he was so devastated at nagging your feet. He was nagging my feet. They are ugly, though, and I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> They're covered in shoes. All but the there's, time. But we better go. By the way, I definitely have a parking ticket, but I was enjoying the conversation too much. Too. <laughs> it was. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This You're welcome. A, this has been fun. Though. I re- I miss my boob though. Like I missed it in there. I you know. Yeah, I'm not it. gonna get a boob, but. Well, thank you, doctor. All right, man. Oh, at real doctor Shulman, right? At real doctor out there. At Amber son? Wait. No, the ad part no, is at fine. Real, real, real Dr. Shulman. So no, but it's the Shulman, Shulman. with the Irish. Uh, there's a C in there. S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N. Um, so that's that's Instagram, at Real Dr. Shulman. And uh, check me out on YouTube. We do fun is stuff. Is your Snapchat still going or is it dead? You know, it's it exists. It's it's um, NYC Plastic Surge. I think I got to revive that. I think that well, Snapchat's you know, kind of coming back a little peak, bit. Our, our Snapchat was a per capita the most used in Ireland, but uh, you know, Snapchat has a thing. What's your YouTube channel? Um, do you do that much? I do, but I mean, I guess I think it's just Doctor Shulman. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Shulman. But anyway, most important right now is the Instagram. Yeah, but check out his Snapchat at New York City Plastic Surgeon. NYC Plastic Surgeon. NYC Surge. Plastic Surgeon. That's it. Thank you so much. All right. It was fun. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Dr. Shulman, at Real Dr. Shulman, don't forget, Uh, at Katie Boyle Comic. Um, uh, Check out Katie for all her shows. She's coming back to Ireland with me. Thanks to everybody that um, put their names in for the competition. I'll announce the winners next week. 
Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll announce the winners for the Dublin competition uh, in, in, uh, in two episodes. So you still have a bit of a chance. Do a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. Send me a DM and Instagram and I'll put you in the hat. Quite a few people in the hat. The only reason I'm not announcing the winners next week is because I, we, we kind of... Next week's episode's kind of done already. And so there's a little bit of a timeline issue there. But anyway, it's no problem. I'll be in Vegas next week. I'll have loads of time. I'll announce the winners. Also, just to say, if you're, if you're from Cork and you felt left out on that competition, uh, I tell you what, I'll do a pair of tickets. I just added some shows, just put on some shows for Cypress Avenue uh, early in October. So I'll put on a pair of tickets for one of those two nights if you uh, do a review and send me a DM. So there's a little competition for the Cork people. I just added a show in Cavan. So you can do one for the Cavan show. Make sure you message me in a DM. Let me know. And uh, actually, to be honest, check my tour dates. Desbishop.com or desbishop.net forward slash tour dates. Check the tour dates. And uh, other than Blanchettstown and Dunleary, uh, and obviously we're doing the Sunday for Vicker Street, so just that stays the same. Uh, and Retoth, I can't do any for Retoth. Uh, but for the majority of shows, I'd say I can do a pair. So throw your name down and let me know. And I'll put your name in a hat and we'll announce some winners throughout the next couple of weeks. How about that? Is everyone cool with that? Anyway, please, we love, we love your feedback, direct messages. Uh, keep in touch with us. Um, next week, we have a great episode uh, with um, Aliyah Janine, who was actually a porn star. Uh, and Katie also has a little bit of a... Uh, Katie also has a little bit more to say on the issue of porn. So stay tuned uh, to that next week. Exciting times. And um, yeah, just keep showing up. It's great. Loving the podcast, guys. We love you. Loving us. We'll chat to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 